Hello and welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast with your hosts, Tyler W. Moore and Christopher Strong. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the seventh Golden Jamie Awards. You all know Jamie, right? I'm Tyler. I'm Chris. Tonight's show will be split into two parts. On this first installment, we will be discussing every new film we saw in the year of 2022. After we've done the rundown in part two, we will go back and forth naming our top five favorite films. Our number one picks will be bestowed the honor of receiving the Golden Jamie Award of 2022. We have a lot of films to go through for part one, and we're sure to have some duplicates between us. So we will just talk about those together when they come up, uh, some of which we've already covered on the podcast, so we don't need to go into detail on those. I should note there will be no spoilers in these episodes for any of the films discussed. At least we'll try our best. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. All of my notes are spoilers. Oh, no. Fantastic Beast is spoilered. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Did that come out this year? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. This um, was a weird year. Like this, I feel like I feel like there's movies I saw on this list here. I'm like, that was from last year's list. This isn't 2020. Oh my god, it was. <laughs> so I saw I saw a total of 40 movies. I don't know if you uh had your number. I don't know how to count past 5. Oh, okay. That's why we have a top 5. So you probably top have ten. 5 at least. At least at least 5 less than 50. Okay. <laughs> we'll uh we'll we'll just get we'll just get right into uh into this uh list my first movie of the year was bell um i actually have a lot to say about this movie as i'm very conflicted about it uh mamoru husada's digital age interpretation of beauty and the beast is a visual masterpiece for the iconic director there's so much to like about it kylie mcneil's vocal performance in the english dub is incredible and this is her first credit if I were rating it based on all of this, Bell would easily be a 9. Adversely, the story is juggling a lot of ideas that don't seem to fit as well as I hoped they would. The sum of its parts wind up being a little confusing, in fact there are a few heavy subjects that feel a little mishandled here, especially near the end. The film was at times incredibly moving, which is why it's disappointing that I didn't enjoy it more. I'm going to go ahead and give it a 6.8. Man, you know, I, I hadn't even heard about that movie. I th- oh, no, no, I did hear about that movie. That's right. I forgot to hear about that. It kind of slipped I, under the radar. It kind of did, mean, yeah. 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 I, like, his yeah. his 10, too, because, I mean, I didn't even see, like, the last one he did, Mirai or whatever. Yeah, I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> but it was on HBO Max, so, you know, obviously, if it's available to me, I'll go ahead and check it out. Um, my next movie was The Mojo Manifesto, The Life and Times of Mojo Nixon. I saw this at Tallgrass, a very fun documentary about the rise of punk rockabilly legend Mojo Nixon. Enjoyed the hell out of this one. It was followed up with his first concert outside of Austin, Texas in over 20 years. So that was also pretty cool. I gave that an 8.5. Next up, I've got the Netflix film Windfall. A very fun premise with great stars. With every turn, you wonder how the story will come to a head. While the conclusion wasn't what I had in mind, it's still made for an entertaining watch. I gave it a 7.5. That's funny, because I uh, also watched it with you. Yes. We were, we were very excited, by the way, to set this up here. We are very excited to watch this movie, because it has a great cast going for it. Mm-hmm. Directed by Malcolm McDowell's son. And it had a really cool story set up. And then it all fell apart in the third act. <laughs> I gave it a 1 out of 10. Holy shit! <laughs> I had it at a three. I was like, you know, honestly, I got I got like more angry at the film as it was going on. 
Oh man! I realized now. You know what? That's a that's a one right there. If I get if I get actually angry at a film, it's dropping. It's dropping. Awkward. God damn! <laughs> uh, see, I wasn't even that upset. I mean, like it was just totally not how I wanted it to end. Um, it was but... just the ending, by the way. It was like the third act. It was like yeah. halfway into the third act. Like that was like I was like, uh oh. It's <laughs> uh-oh. when like you know, uh-oh. it's it's not even like a fun disagree with the characters. It's kind of you get frustrated with the characters. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next movie, which is X. I caught this one at the cinemas uh, on a whim, based on positive buzz it had at South by Southwest as a slasher film. It hits every box it's meant to and delivers everything a horror fan could want. Maybe a little more as well. It also manages to bring a little bit of originality to the table, which was a pleasant surprise. Well done. I gave it a 6.8. My next movie was That Thing, That Sound, a documentary about the steel guitar. I met the director of this documentary at Tallgrass, and I had it talked up so much to me that I had to watch it. Um, I was not disappointed in the slightest. The film follows some of the major proponents of the instrument and talks about its fade from popular music, um, as well as its many diverse uses that are underrepresented. Uh, Worth a watch if it sounds interesting to you. I gave it a 7.8. Next up is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, Totally solid movie. The trailers carry a hard burden of not telling you anything while trying not to undersell the movie. Luckily, it was just enough to get my ass in a seat. This movie is a ton of fun and has a ton of heart. I feel like the last hour could have easily been 20 minutes, but hey, I say that about most movies. So uh, I give this one a nine. I really enjoy it. This movie also has like one of the greatest legends in uh, Michelle Yeoh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like just... Wonderful actress, wonderful actress. And I think she's always great in whatever she's in, even if what she's in is absolute trash. Oh, yeah, and she's in plenty of trash. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but you always like her, you know? Oh, exactly. Yeah, she's, yeah. One of the, she's one of those actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, next up is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Uh, we talked about this one on the podcast. Lots of fun. Essential for any Nick Cage fan. I gave it an 8.5. Next up, I had Hulu's Under the Banner of Heaven. Uh, This is a limited series that started with a lot of potential and got exceedingly boring as it went on. This would have made a much better movie, which seems to be the case with a lot of miniseries um, these days. Um, Andrew Garfield's talent is completely wasted on this. I gave it a three. That is so sad to hear. Yeah. No, believe me. Andrew Garfield in a true crime show. I was so excited. Next up, I've got Almost Sorta Maybe. Listen, I knew I was going to like this movie. It was made by our friends at IX Productions, and they have been working on it for as long as we've known them. Having seen it, I can officially say that it was better than I expected. It is now my favorite film they have made. Plenty of laughs and some great cinematography shot all over Kansas City. Give it a watch for sure. Also, I ended up seeing it twice. I gave it an 8.5. Next up, I've got Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. A very mixed bag. At times, it feels like a very clever satire on Hollywood, and other times it feels like an awful college humor sketch. Uh, John Mulaney does not strike me as a gifted voice actor in spite of his good work in uh, Into the Spider-Verse. I can see why they went the direction they did and with the uh, with the look of the movie. And it certainly doesn't look bad, but it doesn't compare to Roger Rabbit or Space Jam for that matter. Um, I think it landed where it belongs as far as like going on Disney Plus goes. I gave it a six. Um, and I said for that movie because I also watched it. I said it was a cute movie, had some fun callbacks to various properties Nice little story. Mostly just okay. You know, it's, it's like a 7 out of 10. Sure. Yeah. Ugly Sonic gets an extra point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was that was a fun surprise. 
So next up, I've got Norm MacDonald, Nothing Special. This is the final posthumously released special by Norm MacDonald, recorded in his living room. The special itself has a few funny moments. Unfortunately, it was hindered by the fact that he was never able to do it up on stage. Um, his previous two will always stand above this one. We also get a panel of his friends at the end discussing him uh, and the special. Worth a watch if you are already a fan of Norm. I gave it a five. Oh, that's rough. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it's because I mean, it's pretty much just him like sitting in front of his computer delivering the jokes like yeah, it's yeah. hard to like he doesn't have, you know, made during COVID right before he's about to die. So like he doesn't have the energy that he didn't like that he normally would have um, mm. in a similar vein. Next up, I've got inside outtakes. You know, he says outtakes, but it's basically an alternate movie. So we're counting it. <laughs> While the final cut of Inside is certainly more profound, the bits saved for this uh, give it a run for its money when it comes to humor. I think I laughed more at this one. That's not to say there aren't genuine moments in this one as well. I very much enjoy this little treat. I gave it an 8. So I also gave it, a, gave it an 8. And I always have to ask one question, which is, can Bo Burnham leave some talent for the rest of us? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little, I have a little talent yeah. left over for me, please. Another Netflix movie, I've got Hustle, a solid sports movie, and another good outing for Adam Sandler, who has been stepping up his game these last few years. I was glad I enjoyed it. I gave it a 7.5. Yeah, and I said, like, you know, Sandler really shines in this film, you know. Although you've probably seen a movie like this before, it's still a great little ride. You know, bringing in actual basketball players helped make this feel more more immersive. Um, and really, I feel like, like every pistol was really firing with this film, you know. The directing, cinematography, the actors. Great, it's a great little film. I give it eight. I'm pretty sure like LeBron James produced it, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Um, so I mean, like the authenticity is definitely there. Mm -hmm. Next up, I've got Lightyear. This movie was a lot of fun. Not nearly as bad as people made it out to be. The animation is great, and there are several fun ideas at play. The story left a lot to be desired, and this is most definitely not the movie Andy watched in 1995. But I gave it a six. I'm, I'm so stupid. I wrote, uh, definitely not a secret mission in Uncharted space. <laughs> Lots of callbacks to the Toy Story lines. Yes. Constantly, constantly cutting, inter, uh, undercutting drama with jokes. Normal, you know, Disney Marvel style, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was fun enough, but it mostly just an okay movie. I gave it a five. Yeah. This is, I mean, it's kind of, it feels like it came from a third party studio almost. Like, the, like, this feels like a like a Disney sequel rather than... Or, like, you know... Oh, sure, uh, yeah, like, one of those, yeah, yeah. Like the direct video sequels. It's a Sea of Beauty 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, it's impossible. To, I, I, I don't... I, I think it's it's not bad enough to where... You know, it's certainly not a one. Um, oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Next up, I've got Elvis. A little all over the place, but still an enjoyable flick. If you already like Elvis Presley, you'll probably enjoy this. The focus on his relationship with his manager was definitely an intriguing take, especially since he serves as the unreliable narrator. Uh, Baz Luhrmann's directing is top-notch as usual, and the performances are fantastic. I gave it a 7.8. Um, I didn't really end up watching this right here, but my mom gave it like a 9. <laughs> I was gonna, I was literally, if you watched it, I was gonna ask, what did your mom think? Because yeah. she's such an Elvis fan. Here's what I think. My, my mom's an Elvis fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I'm I'm so happy she loved it. Because I remember when we were at the theater and the uh, the trailer for this played, we were like, well, your mom's going to see that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Next up is Dragon Ball Super Superhero. I already talked about this one on the podcast. Ended up seeing it a second time in the cinema. Loved it. 8.5. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you're a fan of Dragon Ball, like you sure know what you're going that you're gonna you're gonna love this. Yeah. You know? So much is, so much love was put into this film, you know. It, it's it's interesting like, how well they transitioned to CGI. Yeah. Um, you know. If you didn't watch this in the theaters, by the way, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. I saw it twice in theaters. Yeah, it was, it was eight point five. Nice. Next up I've got Samaritan. A good action superhero flick starring Sylvester Stallone. I overall enjoyed this one. Uh, lots to like as far as the fight sequences go. It does have some tonal issues as it can't really decide if it's a family film or a gritty R-rated outing. Uh, some of it feels kind of like an early 90s sly film through a modern lens. I also called the twist of the movie um, pretty much from the first scene. All that said, if oh, you good. like the people involved, you'll probably enjoy this. I gave it a 7. Next up, I've got Obi-Wan Kenobi, A Jedi's Return. Uh, I mean, this pretty much hits like the 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 lowest qualifiers of being put on <laughs> being put yeah. on the list. Uh, I think it kind of it goes a little bit beyond the making of. Um, so I just put a decent making of documentary detailing the journey from production of the Star Wars prequels to the current series for Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, Probably could have dug a little bit deeper, but gave me enough to be satisfied. I gave it a seven. Uh, next, I've got Barbarian. I'd like to start off by saying I watched this the same day as booking an Airbnb. So if you've <laughs> seen the movie, uh, <laughs> you'll know why that's a whole thing. This movie is intensely disturbing in all the best ways. Genuinely frightening to a point where I had to continuously pause the movie to, to digest it. A brilliant horror flick with a lot to say. Also, what's the deal with sketch comedy people turning around and becoming great horror directors? <laughs> yeah. I gave it a nine. Yeah, yeah, what's, yeah what's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Zach Krager. Yeah. Next up, I've got Pearl. Uh, a prequel to X, filmed simultaneously. Surprisingly, a better film. Maya Goth. I don't know if it's Mia or Maya, actually. Uh but I'm going to go with Maya. <laughs> Maya Goth serves up a very good performance. I'm excited to see them round off the trilogy next year. I gave it an eight. Next up, I've got Don't Worry, Darling. Uh, the trailers looked vaguely interesting, and that's about what it turned out to be. The film on its own is very well put together, but the story felt a little too impressed with itself, like a Inception or like In Time or something like that. Uh, not worth its runtime. Pretty good score, though. I gave it a 4.5. Next up, I've got The Munsters. Is it everything I hoped for? Definitely not. Was it as bad as people made it out to be? Hell no. While it was never going to match the charm of the original show, the movie is plenty of campy fun. I actually enjoy the cartoony family Halloween special look. Uh, this is much more in the vein of Munsters Go Home rather than the series. I hope Rob Zombie, as a Munsters fan um, himself, enjoyed making this. Uh, you can definitely feel the fun radiating off of it. I gave it a six. Next up, I've got Netflix's movie Blonde. Many of the decisions made for the visual aspects of this movie were admirable. That is the only singular reason that this film will not be receiving a one. I did not finish this film. It made me sick to my stomach. At first, because so much of the subject matter was so heavy, then it kept piling on, handling it worse and worse. Also, many of those events are made up. They did not happen. This is purely exploitation. Fuck this movie. I gave it a two. You're a lot nicer than I would have been. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, 
it had it had some cool stuff going on in in the beginning. You know, I obviously it was a very controversial movie. Um, like just kind of leading up to it even coming out, like with it being a NC seventeen and everything. Um, the casting was a was a weird choice. I mean, she's a good actor, but you know, uh, you don't believe for a second that she's pulling off the American accent, like. Yeah, no, it was a big fucking mess, and I won't go too much deeper. That one could have been a podcast in and of itself. I, I could I could fill up an hour easily. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the next movie I've got is We Were Famous, You Don't Remember, The Embarrassment. A documentary about a local band called The Embarrassment and their story of how they kind of almost made it big, sort of. The film starts out very strong as it tells the story of how the band got together. However, halfway through the movie starts spinning its wheels as it details how the band, in fact, did not break through. There was kind of nowhere for the story to go. In spite of this, the film is very well made and it introduced me to a few songs that are now in frequent rotation for me. I gave it a six. Next up, I've got, I've got Quantum Cowboys. Very interesting visuals, presenting a multiverse story in a mixed-media format. Unfortunately, the story didn't grab me as much as the visuals did. I gave it a 6. Next up, I've got Amsterdam. I knocked this movie off of my list at one point because it was pretty much universally panned. I don't see why. It was totally solid. A top-tier cast, uh, with all of them delivering good performances. I even enjoyed Margot Robbie in this. Uh, Glad I gave it a chance. 8.5. Next up, I've got the Disney Plus special, uh, Werewolf by Night. I enjoy the final fight sequence and the inclusion of Man-Thing. Other than that, I found it pretty hard to be engaged by this. Uh, Mostly boring, but maybe MCU fans will enjoy the change change of pace. I gave it a four. Uh, I I left wanting more. I also watched watched it as well. It was a fun introduction to the character. I kind of wish we'd gotten, like, we we needed more, honestly. But sometimes, like, things kind of came together nicely. I'm glad Marvel dove into a monster movie for once. Uh, I give it a 7 out of 10. Next up, I have Hulu's Hellraiser. Some interesting ideas on display here for a Hellraiser story with semi-lackluster execution. It wanted to do a few too many things that it couldn't totally handle. Jamie Clayton made for a great pinhead. Uh, This certainly beats any sequel that has been made, but sadly trying to best the original is a losing battle. I gave it a 5.5. Next up, I've got Mortal Kombat Legends, Snowblind. Better than Battle of the Realms, not quite as good as Scorpion's Revenge. Nice to see a character like Kenshi leading a film. If you already like Mortal Kombat, you'll probably enjoy this. I gave it a 7. Um, and like you know, This is definitely for, for Mortal Kombat fans. I had no idea what I was getting myself into when I watched the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I had a good time either way. You know, it was a, it was a 6 out of 10. You know, cool. it was fine. Next up, I've got Halloween Ends. Talked about this one on the podcast. I'll bump it up at Jamie. I admire the film for its willingness to try something different. I just don't like how it turned out. Undeniably well made. Just don't know who it was made for. I gave it a four. It's made for me because I have <laughs> definitely let the score down go a little bit, go down a little bit. But I'm still in the category of, you know, I had fun. That's all I really wanted from Halloween. You know, I, I, I'm, I always say this, I'm not a fan of horror movies. But like watching these has just been a blast, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably not, you know, delve into any more horror movies for a bit, but, uh, yeah, I had a good time. Six out of 10. Cool. Next up, I have the Netflix film, Wendell and Wild. I've been waiting on this one for a long while now. Uh, Henry Selleck knocks it out of the park once again with a great film. Uh, it took a moment to grow on me, but once the story gets going, it is unyieldingly charming and fun. 
If you enjoyed Coraline, this is right up your alley. I gave it an 8.8. Next up is HBO Max's A Christmas Story Christmas. It takes a moment to pick up steam, but once it gets going, this reunion special is a lot of fun. Where A Christmas Story is about being a kid at Christmas time, this one centers around being a parent around Christmas time. Peter Billingsley and all of the original cast members uh, are a welcome sight and doing great work here. While it's sad Derek McGavin couldn't be uh, a part of the cast, this his presence is felt and his memory is honored. I feared that I would loathe this outing, but I ended up loving it. A worthy sequel. I gave it an 8.5. Yeah, I mean, you know, this was a great little sequel to a classic. Like, you know, good luck, by the way, yeah. doing that, you know. Uh, it's cool to catch up on some of the characters in the original and see, like, you know, what they're kind of doing when they grow up. Um, again, like seeing some, seeing some of the original actors in this was so nice to nice to see. Um, had a good time. Eight out of ten. Nice. Next up, I've got the Fablemans. Good news, everyone. Steven Spielberg made a good movie again. Was it perfect? No. Michelle Williams's weird haircut was far too distracting for that. The family has a few too many champagne problems to be completely relatable, but it's still a very fun watch. Or sorry, it's still a very fun story to watch. Especially if you see it in the theater all by yourself while all the other schmucks are watching Avatar 2. I gave it an 8. Um, you know, this is definitely like a, a long-awaited return to a personal film from Spielberg. Yes. Uh, it's it's quite the coming-of-age story uh, with some, <laughs> you know, some more true-to-life feelings throughout. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's a very special film. I give it an 8 out of 10. Next up, I've got Strange World. How do you do, fellow kids? I watched this on Disney Plus, and let me tell you, folks, there's a reason Disney tanked the marketing on this one. It's kind of poopy. When you're the studio who put out Encanto, Moana, and Frozen in the last few years, you have your, you have a reputation to uphold. The elements were there to make a good film. Ultimately, it didn't work out. I gave it a 3.5. And my last film before my top five is Babylon. <clears throat> and I've, I formatted this one a little bit differently. Dear Damien Chazelle, I know you're listening, so I wanted to start off by saying I love your first three movies. Like, seriously, incredible stuff. I also happen to agree with you that Singing in the Rain and Boogie Nights are fantastic films. Anyway, Babylon is kind of a big mess. None of the characters are likable, and the performances suffer because of it. I feel like you really challenged yourself to find a way to include every bodily fluid in this film. Congrats! I guess you kind of did that. Sorry, I didn't like this one, bud. Can't wait to watch your next one, though. Love, Tyler. Seriously, though, I wish I could have done a whole episode on this one. I have so much to say. I gave it a four. P.S. Marry me. (laughs) Yes. Hey, Hey, man, we all strike out sometime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that it's your turn. It's my turn. Yeah. So, you're, are you done speaking yet, Tyler? Is it my yeah. turn with the with the talking stick? Yeah, that's right. Go for right, it. Great. My first movie of the year was Death on the Nile. Very much an inferior film to the first one, uh, but it's still interesting. You know, it's it's, it's an interesting murder mystery by Agatha Christie. Uh, the mustache actually has an origin story, so I got like an extra point five from me. <laughs> Um, like I was like giving it six point five out of ten. Next up is the Adam Project. Uh, it's a cute little film, has some heart, but interrupts itself sometimes with unnecessary action or dialogue. Pretty typical Ryan Reynolds film. Uh, you can feel the greatness that it could achieve, but it doesn't quite reach it. I look forward to seeing another film uh, with Reynolds besides the first Deadpool. That's you know, uh, you know, something else. That's not him playing as Deadpool. I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I could I could feel a, a ten out of ten out of this man coming at some point. It'll be an Oscar, one day, yeah. but not this day. It's a six point five out of ten. Next up is a Bollywood film called RRR. Um, if you have three hours to spend, have fun watching this. It's a crazy freaking film. It is an eight out of ten, but honestly though, like it's a ten out of ten for fun. I'm so glad you watched that. I remember us talking. Oh, uh, dude, it a it's days it's so ago. good. <laughs> like the action, like, there's like so much in there. It's like this is this is incredible. It's been getting some like mainstream recognition, which really surprised me. Well, it's it's the largest budget uh, budgeted Bollywood film ever. So, okay, well that you, you can you can see why. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, next film though is uh, Tony Hawk until the wheels fall off. Uh, super cool documentary about Tony Hawk. You don't need to understand skateboarding or have like any skateboarding knowledge uh, to really, or having skateboarded at all to really enjoy the film. Uh, the guy's a real athlete and one heck of an icon. Uh, I give it a seven out of ten. Nice. I remember like when every every skating kid at, at school like all like, all talked about Tony Hawk, and then there'd be like, oh, the yeah. one person who's like, "Well, he's actually okay." It's like, okay, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up is. It, it it sort of uh, allows is allowed on the list of movies of the year, um, as it's a YouTube video uh, closer to an essay, but I caught it I count it close enough to a documentary. It's the part of history you've always skipped: neo slavery. It's an incredible look at an overlooked part of history, whether it is overlooked due to classroom time constraints or malicious reasonings. Uh, this part of history should be learned about, nonetheless. A real eye opening look at the horrors of our history and. Reasons of why some some things are still the way they are today. Highly recommend the documentary uh, from the YouTube channel, Knowing Better. Oh, shit. Okay. Nice. Give 8.5 out of 10. All right. Next one is... Oh, I should say, by the way, like I, I didn't include the other ones that he had made this year as well on this list. This one like felt the closest to closest to a movie but honestly right i don't recommend any any of his any of his any of his uh, uh videos uh like there there are a few youtube uh people out there who are like kind of like they're breaching into like they're just kind of making straight up documentaries but putting them on yeah. youtube and it, it's been kind of one of those things like a toss-up of if we should include them but obviously like you know if it feels enough like a movie then uh throw it well, on why here. not it's yeah, our podcast not? we can also, do whatever we, we, we want we recognize this as well so you know yeah whatever. yeah but what I don't want to recognize is my next movie, <laughs> <laughs> which is Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Oh, shit. I couldn't believe this wasn't a 60-minute special on all the secrets revealed about Dumbledore. I felt I felt so I felt so lied to. Uh, it felt more like a Geraldo Rivera opening of Al Capone's Vault. Mostly disappointing. They have tried far too hard to mix in two films together. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's still better than the last one, but this is still pretty bad. Sure. Uh, five out of ten. Uh, going down the uh, wonderful title of uh, awfulness is a movie called Operation Mincemeat. Here's what I saw. I saw World War II and Colin Firth. Last time this guy gave me a World War II movie, I loved it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time called The King's Speech. Go watch that instead. <laughs> real, real fast. This is actually, actually my actual uh, paragraph here. It was an already fascinating mission, one of the most clever deceptions in World War II. Unfortunately, the story gets bogged down by another unnecessary love triangle. Incredible acting, but lost in the poor writing. I found myself wanting to skip ahead to the interesting parts. Better just read about the operation than watch the film. Uh, two out of ten. Damn, dog. It was so bad. I was like, and you, know what? you know what? Maybe it's going to get better. It'll get better. No, it won't. No, it won't. Yeah. No, it won't. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. But uh, next one 
is uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, A.K.A. Doctor Strange and the Evil Dead. Uh, so many shots and overall feelings of the Evil Dead series. Uh, if you can believe it, directed by Sam Raimi. You know, uh, very happy that they seem to have given Raimi the go ahead on a lot of crazy ideas. Definitely an improvement on the first one. A lot of fun. Uh, Seven point five out of ten. If these walls could sing, uh, Disney Plus has this documentary. It's a cool look back at Abbey Road's history. Getting those nice little documentary, kind of showing a few of their earlier years. And they're like, you know, obviously the most popular years during the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a 7.5 out of 10. Nice. Next is Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. First off, I never watched the first Knives Out. <laughs> um, it's a really fun murder mystery. Again, you, have, you don't have to watch the first one to understand what any of it. It's just such a cool freaking movie. Great cast. 8.5 out of 10. So much fun. I, it's just so good. I absolutely recommend you seeing this, by the way, Tyler. Like, this is... Okay. I, th- I think I think you would definitely dig it. The first one put me off so much. Like, the trailers yeah. for the first one, rather. This has uh, Edward Norton in it, and um, he's, he's he's great in this. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's great. Awesome. He's great. Next is Confess Fletch. Decently funny. Good to see John Hamm doing something fun. I can't go into it thinking about the Chevy Chase films. You know, this is definitely its own thing. Based more off the character in the books... Uh, you know, it's a nice hour and a half. Good to have on if you're just relaxing, you know, six out of 10. Nice. <laughs> if yeah, you want to start thinking, about, like, I hate movies. Um, my next movie. This was a really, this is a toss up year, you know, like we had some really good stuff and we had some really, some really poopy listen, stuff. Listen, then we had Black Adam. This movie sucks. It sucks as much as you should come to expect from DC films. It's truly unfortunate that this is like. You know, The Rock's desire to play this role for so many years, and it came down to this garbage. But, you know, not all matches are made in heaven. Uh, two out of ten. Fuck. I remember seeing the trailer for it, and we all thought, like, oh, this looks pretty good. And then, like... Yeah, that it, was all the good stuff. It came yeah. out, and there was, like, there was crickets. Like, Dude, it, it was, like, I think it's, a, I think it's like, an almost three-hour movie, and there's, like, two hours and 40 minutes of uh, garbage. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Next up uh, is Enola Holmes 2. Uh, it's a decent sequel to the mo- to a mostly good film. Had a lot of fun with this, uh, in this, and didn't even notice the two-hour runtime. Once again, I'm begging Netflix, by the way, to give us a spinoff of this series with Henry Cavill as Sherlock Holmes. Um, I'm begging. Uh, so, Netflix, this is this is a 10 out of 10 movie. Uh, give us a sequel, right? He's got, he's, uh, he's got free time now. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he does, he does. It's true. Uh, by the way, this is a seven out of ten. Nice. <laughs> but ten out of ten if Netflix makes makes a uh, spinoff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it'll get Netflix to make a spinoff, then I'll, I'll, you'll I'll give lie. It a 10. Don't worry about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You can you can be easily paid off. Both of us. Oh, can. oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Listen, you give me give me like five bucks. I'm I'm your. <laughs> Next to last is Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. It's a fun little film. Probably won't watch it again, but I enjoyed it. Uh, only about 45 minutes, but they compact uh, a good story uh, pretty well. Uh, some fun surprise cameos, which was pretty cool. Uh, James Gunn knows how to make a superhero knows how to make superhero fil- films fun. I uh, gave this a seven out of ten. My last film of the year was Violent Night. So much fun! Imagine Die Hard at Home Alone. You know, I won't call it a soon-to-be Christmas classic, but I wouldn't be surprised if I watch it again next year. 8 out of 10. 
Yeah, no, uh, it was a bummer because I had I bought tickets for me and a couple friends to go see this in the war in 21. And uh, there was some extreme weather, so the theater was closed. Uh, so I didn't see it. And then, like, it was literally a couple days before Christmas. So it's like, well, I'm not going to watch the badass Santa movie after Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it anyways. <laughs> I'll catch it. I'll catch it next year for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick, is there anything that uh, you like you wanted to see but you didn't really get a chance to? Uh, I mean, there's a few things like I said that everything, everywhere, all at once uh, was definitely high up there on that list. Um, but besides that, like not really. I'll, I'll watch some of the stuff eventually, pretty much. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it eventually. Yeah, I, I had um, I had Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I've been hearing all good things about that. Um, mm-hmm. Del Toro's Pinocchio, Violent Night and um beavis and butthead to the universe i wasn't going to rush out to uh to get a paramount plus account to watch that one <laughs> so yeah. oh you but, know actually this is about the, the weird owl film as well yeah. oh yeah 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 didn't get to see that i i don't have uh access oh, roku. to uh, roku yeah yeah all right so that makes all of our films outside of our top fives uh we'll be covering the top fives in the next episode uh, we've, we've, we always isolate those uh, so people can skip through the, through all these. Uh, you're too late to do that. But, uh, you know, top fives. Idiot. <laughs> top fives in the next part. You fool. All right. We'll you, see you there. You stooge. You maroon. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. For updates on this show and their other projects, get your parents' permission to go to IlluminationCinema.com.